Okay, this is a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. This company has been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years, and anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. That company is Geico. Go to geico.com today. Sorry for all the numbers. And in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, I'm out of time. Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio. A downloadable Cars and Coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. And here we go. Welcome to Spike's Comedy Radio. That's right. (laughs) We're talking about comedy this morning with uh, (laughs) one of the funniest comedians, Tom Papa. Hi, Tom. Hey. Not cars. Not cars. We can talk about cars if you want. Um... Comedy, let's do comedy. You're one of the most accomplished stand-ups out there now. Yeah. I think I was introduced to you. Uh, you you're frequently working with Mr. Seinfeld. Yes, my mentor. You, ha- you have fantastic wife material. That's what first bonded me to your act, <laughs> was your wife observational material. Probably We were probably going through it at the same time. At the same. Well, we're still going through it. Yeah, but we were probably both at the same angst level. It was, uh, no, it was a specific reference that the wife's, and I'm not going to remember it right, but I think it was your wife's pillow and her drooling and it looked like a bandage from the Civil War. Yeah, Is that the it? Civil War bandage. <laughs> you, you ever look at your favorite pillow? That's it. Looks it looks like a bandage from the Civil War. <laughs> Isn't it funny how one joke can just make you just love somebody's comedy? <laughs> yeah. I have a great story about that joke. Yeah, I want to hear it. Uh, when I was, uh, I got I got called up by Clint Eastwood's wife <laughs> to go do a charity thing up in uh, Carmel, wherever they are, right? Right. Mission Ranch. <clears throat> How does she you know? just call you? Do you so know I Clint did, Eastwood's wife? Well, there's a you know, I... I <clears throat> and which wife? I did, and uh, most recent ex-wife. Okay, okay. Uh, I did a gig in Sun Valley. Mm-hmm. Clint was there. He really liked me. Mm-hmm. And then from that, I did two or three shows for Clint and his charities and wow. different things. Now, how does Clint Eastwood let you know that he likes you? Does he uh, walk up to you and go, I like you? I like you. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I don't remember how, but like, <laughs> fa- yeah, there's so many stories to it. But the first one was uh, Clint, uh, I fly up with Clint and my friend Pete in a G4 from Burbank to Carmel. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> to go do like a golf thing. And mm-hmm. he has, um, oh, uh, his golf club, he has his own country club mm-hmm. golf thing, Tehama. And, uh, oh, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. There was a big Porsche event there last year. Oh, okay. That's Beautiful. quite a place. Quite a place. Yeah. And there's, now, he owns that there's, place? He owns that place. And there, no he kidding. built it. He owns it. And there's only like four rooms <clears throat> like in the country. Like the it's not really a hotel. No, it's. It, it, I, I thought it had houses on it. We were so yeah, confused some, about where this place came from. Some of it is like townhouse stuff, right? And right. Then there's the country club, yeah. And there's like three guest rooms, and my friend right. Pete and I got to stay in them. No way. Yeah. What was really funny uh, on that on that G four ride up, I and mean, it's me, my goofball buddy Pete, who could not be more liberal. <laughs> Jewish from Boston <laughs> next to me, sitting across from Clint Eastwood. Right. The, 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 you know, no one's, yeah. no one's bigger. And Clint, we're just eating, like they have full, this is like a 
yeah. twenty second flight, mm-hmm. and we have a full waitress and a full meal, and Clint's t- hanging with us, and Clint is just going off on politics pretty much. Oh no, about uh, very conservative. This is like ten years ago, right? And this is before the chair. This is before, but but he was very conservative about the Middle East and stuff. And I'm sitting with my Jewish liberal friend, who I know everything Clint is saying, he is. <laughs> Opposed to in every in any other setting, yep. he would have said, "Screw you, you're you're crazy." But G four. By the end of the flight, my friend Pete was basically telling Clint, "We should carpet bomb the Middle East." <laughs> he was jet totally is so awesome. Man, that salad was so fantastic. And you're Clint Eastwood. And you're so, Clint Eastwood. Yes, sir. That I hate so great. <laughs> yeah. Were you nervous? I mean, had you met Clint Eastwood before? I know. I I think I might have met him at that initial gig. I've been watching um, a lot of old Clint Eastwood. I mean, it's yeah. some of these old Dirty Harry movies God. and Fistful of Dollars. They're just, and he's so great. So great. What an epically, like, good-looking just man. The man everybody wanted to be when you were growing up. Man. Looking, I want to be that guy. When you see pictures of him in L.A., like those, you know, on Instagram, you always yeah. see like, these shots of him just, like, hanging out, like, as a young man. Yeah. yeah starting to get work. It's like, oh my God! <laughs> of course, he's a movie star. <laughs> he should be the only movie star. We were never that guy. Yeah, never, never. I, I know. I was. I'm watching, thinking of. I, I, I'm ahead. thinking of modeling myself now. I'm like, I really am into this concept of, and I'll come back to the Clint story because that's not the story. But uh, I'm really of. Uh, I really believe when you look at show business, there's always the types. And the types are always recirculated because they play the certain characters and, they, and they're and they always used over and over again. Like they had Paul Newman and we have Matthew McConaughey. You know, they had Jim Belushi, uh, John Belushi, and we have uh, – and then Chris Farley. And, you know, you have mm-hmm. these types. And I'm like, what type am I? And I used to think Phil Hartman. <laughs> I was like a Phil Hartman type. I can see that. A little yeah, bit. Yeah. And now that I've got glasses and uh, a little older, I'm thinking of going the Michael Caine route. No, 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 no. Jack Benny. I've Jack always Benny? thought of you as a kind of a Jack Benny. A Jack Benny. Yeah. So how do I work that type in 2019? <clears throat> what do you do mean? Do you have to wear suits? No, I think just be keep being yourself. Just keep and that you don't you've never gotten Jack Benny before? I'm just I do get, have a picture I, of Jack Benny. I get Jack Benny a lot. <clears throat> People and well, I love Jack Benny. They, yeah. Well, yeah. there you go. Well, what's wrong with that? Who doesn't want to be Jack Benny? <laughs> I want to be Jack Benny, but I don't know how. <clears throat> All right. So I'm, I'm just po- doing it already is what you're saying? I don't need an outfit? You're already doing it. You don't need to do anything. I'm looking at some <laughs> of uh, Clint Eastwood's cars here. This is a really bad video on <laughs> on YouTube. He had an Austin Healey 3000 here, but that's a kind of a who cares car. Yeah. I know there's some. Here's a beautiful picture of him in an old MG. Look at that. Wow. wow. Oh, no, maybe that's an Austin Healey again. But look, see, remember that look bathing suit that kind of came up over your belly button? Oh, there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just like a diaper, a man diaper. <laughs> yeah. It's still, he's making it look all right. Yeah. He's, uh, I don't think he's really known for his cars. Oh, he had a Ferrari 365 GTB, which is a beautiful car. Yeah, he likes yeah. Ferraris, and he's got a Jaguar. Wow. Oh, yeah, here's the shot that I was thinking of. Okay, right here. Look at that. Oh, shoot. Okay, that's not it. Then they cut to a Chevy Blazer. <laughs> This one right here. What do you got? Right? Oh, yeah. That's I've the seen guy that you want to be. Yeah, Him look at that. Out, full head kind of, of hair. Back. 
He always seems to be without his shirt. No shirt on. <clears throat> and, I just happened and to... And no working out. And no like, working not out. Not back then. He, that's just who he was. Just... I, I was gonna... What's the monkey movie he made? Every Which Way But Loose? Yeah. It? Yeah. I watched the trailer for that on iTunes. You should check it out. It's hilarious. <laughs> There's they like have three the, of them, right? The, yeah, but the first one, they have the original trailer on iTunes. You know how they don't yeah. have new trailers for old movies? Right, so they right. have to put the old one up, and it's really great. <laughs> and it starts over black with two people, a husband and a wife, talking. Going, what should we watch tonight? <laughs> well, there's a new Clint Eastwood movie. Well, I like Clint Eastwood. What does he do? And he's, he <laughs> yeah, does this. A... And he's there with his, he's got a beautiful girl. But guess what? He's also got a monkey. <laughs> a monkey. And then it shows shots of him with the monkey. And, you, and the whole time I think, this this is probably the movie that ruined Clint <laughs> Like, I don't, took him out I of the game for a while. remember this movie being okay when I was a kid, but now hearing this trailer. It was really popular, a, that movie. It that, seems like a real low point. Well, artistically, maybe. Yeah. But yeah. you know what? I actually watched it, or parts of it, recently. It's still cool watching Clint. Yeah. Like, no, it's, it's kind of goofy, but his sidekick <laughs> is, uh, I forget his, his name, another act, character actor, and... It's like, yeah, it's kind of lame, but he punches some people in the face. Right turn, Clyde, <laughs> and the monkey would punch people in the face. <clears throat> wow, he's actually got a lot of cars here. Maybe I'm wrong about this. Yeah, you don't he's know. Got a fist he, full he of mu- Clint Eastwood, a fistful of muscle cars. Yeah. Wow, this is good. Maybe we should get Clint Eastwood on the podcast. Maybe this is uh, well. This is the problem. This is where this is headed. Is let me he jump. Let me did jump he, over the. Let me All jump right, over the story about the pillow. The pillow, and go to the end, which is, his. He, he's divorced now. Yes. And his wife was, of course, my contact. Yes. And now she's gone. Oh. And Clint and I haven't spoken. <laughs> and I, well, I can get I, in touch with I, Clint. I've got to find my way back. Well, we can do that. That's Will Behind the Glass there. We have a whole booking department Oh, really? Here. Yeah, yeah. We can reach out to anybody. I want his, if we can get, my, get his number. Because <laughs> it was great. Because then, because then after we had this relationship, I, would, I like had this epic meal with him. Wow. Uh, I had this epic meal where we were at the country club at night and just getting drunk on wine, beautiful wine. It was him and his his current wife, who's now his ex-wife, and the one before that. So Both the of them. two wives, yeah, and a couple kids. And Clint was, we're all just <laughs> drinking and having a great time. And he does droopy dog. He does a droopy dog impression. <laughs> he does? Yeah, and I he's... You know, he wants to make me laugh as the comedian, and he's doing droopy dog. He's hammered and doing droopy dog. I'm like, what is happening right now? What is doing droopy dog? That's amazing. So here's the here's the story, so I can just get it out of Hold my on. head. I want to hear droopy now. Normally, don't do this, but yeah. Oh, this is droopy dog. Oh, that's. So that's what he yeah. would, that's what I'm you here. Like the most down the most like downtrodden cartoon <clears throat> character of that's all time. Fantastic. And Clint, the man, is like doing it. So here's the story. So I do the gig at Mission Ranch okay. and there's no clo- there's no food. Yeah. There's no food. Uh everything's all closed up. I'm done with my show. And I'm saying goodnight to Clint and I said, um I said, uh there's like this area and then there's the Mission Ranch like restaurant bar thing where he played piano in his and uh I said, well, there's no, is there any place I can get food? He's like, well, you can get food over there at the restaurant. I said, well, they tell me it's closed. He's like, I think they'll open it for me. <laughs> and Clint Eastwood and I are walking across a gravel driveway, crunch, 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 in the dark, just me and Clint, like a, like a Western. And Clint says to me, 
you know, I love that joke you do about the Civil War bandage. <laughs> your pillow looking like the Civil I think about it every night I go to sleep. Wow. <laughs> wow. Me too, Clint. Me too. We have that in common. I was like, that is why you write jokes and get into comedy. Just for that moment. Tev Clinius would say he list- he thinks of your joke when he goes to sleep yeah. at night. <laughs> and droopy dog. No, because we're looking over at that creature next to us. Yeah. Going, How did this happen? <laughs> yeah. So that was my Wow, story. that's great. Yeah. That's so yeah, amazing. so that was uh I bonded with when I'm with Clint, I'd say I tell the story about how you like that joke. Really? <laughs> no, he wouldn't even know that. But 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 whoever knows Clint, reach tell him we want him on Spike's Car Radio because I think there's some car stories there. Too. I want to get into one of his movies before he stops making them. Yeah, yeah. And I got really close to doing one, and it didn't work out. But I felt like, oh, I'm in his orbit. I can I can I I can make this one happen. My my. Being around him and stuff, I think I can get in without, without being an amazing actor. Wow. And I've kind of, I haven't gone out for the last couple. How old is he now? 108. 108. <laughs> Very. <laughs> well, I'm 84. How many, how many uh, breaks am I taking in this podcast today? Just one? Oh, good. So we can keep going. Well, I wanted to ask you about movies because you uh, – how do you know Steven Soderbergh? You were in The Informant alongside uh, Matt Damon. That, yeah. You, you were also in Behind the Candelabra on the HBO show. That was the HBO – Behind uh, the Candelabra Liberace. Fantastic. Yeah. And and both times I did not know you were in these. I just am yeah. watching this and I go, oh, my God, there's Tom <laughs> Papa with this incredible cast. Crazy. The connective tissue is Steven Soderbergh. Do you yeah. know Steven Soderbergh? Yeah, I do. I know him really well. But I and how do you how do you get to know Steven Soderbergh? The I think the, maybe one of the only times in my career where I went on an audition mm-hmm. and got it for this for the informant. Wow, which never happens to me. I'm not that great of an auditioner. I don't go out on a lot because mm-hmm. I I just don't. Right, you know, I don't like I like to write and create stuff. I don't really go. I don't want to. It's horrible. <laughs> one of the, yeah, it's a horrible experience. And that was one of the only ones. I got it. I got the informant. Wow. And then was on the cast and met Stephen in, uh, out in um, uh, Decatur, Illinois. It was where we shot that movie. Do you have any formal acting training whatsoever? Yeah, I act. Yeah, I can act. I'm a good actor. You know, I, know how, I you... know how to act. I went to, when I was in school, uh, before I was a comedian, I was... Acting. I was right. in all the plays through college. Right. I was in a business college, but I was spent all my time in the theater and just always wanted to do it and just studied there and did it. And then in a little bit in New York when I was out of school. And uh, yeah, I, I can act. I know how to act. And I'm confident. All you have to do is be confident and just really i can't i can't even come close to doing it. you could do it <clears throat> i can't get by the audition it's it's, it's the audition that's the thing but, I, and i've always you could act. For this... if i put you in a movie and just to be yeah, yourself i could do that you could do that absolutely because that's the thing that gets in everyone's ways they just i mean look this is like the the lowest bar of being able to act is <laughs> just get out there and don't make an ass of yourself and don't look like you're acting just be right. natural listen and respond. Here's the problem. And I hear Howard Stern talk about this all the time. It's yeah. the memorization of lines that <laughs> switches a switch in my brain. Right. <clears throat> like, I was in sketches a lot on my late night show. Right. But I would always write them with the writers, and I'd be like, hey, yeah. I think I can do this. And half the time, I'd say, I want to improvise most of this. Yeah. And then I'll edit it, and, and hopefully it'll be funny in that way. Right. It's funny, because driving here, 
I get the SAG Awards were last night, uh-huh. so I've been thinking about acting again. Going, is there a way for me into this that I can yeah. that'll make sense? That's not going to ruin me, right? And it, uh, someone was giving a speech about you know acting is just uh, two eyes staring into into two other eyes, right? And I've noticed, and if you watch television, yeah. like I do, or a movie, actors are always. Staring unnaturally into each other's eyes. That's true. <clears throat> Nobody yeah. makes eye contact like that in real life. Right. <laughs> but as an actor, and I wondered, is that the way into acting if you just yeah. look into someone's eyes? Well, it's about responding. And it's respond a, It's about back. being open and being natural and responding. Right. Listening, really yes. listening, and then, because then you'll react and things will happen. So you react. Now there's, yeah, right. and this is like the basic, you know what I mean? Right. So that's like so I've just learned something right there. Totally. Look into the person's eyes, just which <laughs> could be why it's so hard in the audition because the the person reading with you is not looking into your eyes; they're right. they're reading their the the script, right? You know, and it's a good thing eyes. to read if you want to just kind of like screw around for like acting cheats. Yeah. For being on film and television is Michael Caine's book on acting. <laughs> <laughs> Really, he's like very much like. He <laughs> Give gets, us some he, tips he, in his voice. He gets through like the bullshit. Is like I am Michael Caine. When when the camera is coming, make sure you look over the shoulder. Everyone says look in their eyes. I look over the shoulder because I'll look better on the camera. Uh, <laughs> like he does shit so like he's that. Got the he's got trick. all the little yeah. tricks and stuff. Right, that's right. a good one. But that being said, I want to know when how people are really good at like when Daniel Day Lewis or like those people. Yeah, they are doing something deeper than just. Trying not to look like an asshole on stage. I'm tired of him quitting acting, <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis. He's great. He's what so is good. that Butcher of New York? What is that? Oh, uh, the Gangs of New York? Gangs of New York I can watch all day all, long over and over again. All And and, and <clears throat> what's so weird about that one, the the sets are very, like, fake. Yeah. it's it's There's a lot care. of it that's – but you don't care. I just, don't care. Just want to sit with him. Um, <laughs> there will be blood. There will be blood. Oh, my another. God. I'm an aisle man. Yeah. Well, why does he have to announce his retirement? What is that all about? Who does that? Makes you wanted more. Really? It's the mystique, right? I yeah. don't know. I'm, I'm, making sh- I'm cobbling shoes in Italy for the next two years. <laughs> Everyone's like, whoa, what's that guy? <laughs> what's he about? <laughs> we got – I mean, you go into a meeting and you say, we got Daniel Day-Lewis to stop making shoes and he's going to do this film. All right, we'll finance that. <laughs> Did you ever talk to Jerry about actors? Uh, you, you're yes, very of close course. with Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> nothing makes you feel better. About, yeah, he was like, there's, there's nothing there, Spike. We were talking about <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis once, and I was saying the same things I'm saying to you. There's nothing there when, when he doesn't have the lines. It's just, it's just gas and air and a robe. <laughs> when you put a script in front of him, he's something, but you would talk to him like this is nothing. You You'd hate it. I'm like, have you met him? No. <laughs> and yet, he tells me he watches scenes from There Will Be Blood, like over and over, over again. and over again. Yeah, no, he's just trying. He to goes be funny back and forth all but, the time. But he also uh, he also doesn't have much respect for actors because they don't write. <laughs> because what? Because <laughs> they don't write. Because it's you're just Not showing up with someone else's some lines. There's some that do right. No, yeah. No, he's... but I think that's why Jerry's kind of like, yeah, what you do is cute. <laughs> But I write this and then perform it. <laughs> Nothing makes you feel better about being a comedian than talking to Jerry. <laughs> I noticed, you know, I was looking at your book that you put out earlier this year. Yes. That was right here. Uh, your dad stole book. my rake and other family dilemmas. Yes. <laughs> and Jerry wrote the foreword. Yes. Which is very gracious of him. It was really nice of him. And it, it was hilarious. It made me laugh. I have, uh, it says here, uh, 
I've been a close friend of Tom Papa for 17 years. I know you want me to read this in Jerry's voice. <laughs> but I want to read this just because the words are funny. His They're lack funny. of ability to perceive even, <laughs> his lack of ability yeah. to perceive even the most basic principles of human functioning have made him invaluable asset to me as a friend and a colleague <laughs> because he sees nothing, knows nothing and understands nothing. <laughs> I always seek his advice for the most complex matters. Furthermore, I would definitely recommend whatever the name of this book is. <laughs> because I know it comes from a place of pure nonsense without any knowledge of anything. He really is one of my favorite people. <clears throat> and then it says Jerry Seinfeld, author of Sign Language, yeah. which I'm not even sure what that is. That was his book. That was remember, You know, oh, remember that book? When, I, it was like basically his His stand-up. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I did. I read that to, to, to write my uh, thing for his show. Right. Way back in the day. Yeah, well, it was a collection yeah. of his jokes just yeah, to yeah. get his rhythm. Yeah. But what is this book about? Tell me about your book. My book is um, it's a book of essays about family life. Basically, everyone in your family, cousins, brothers, sisters, parents. I break it all down by every member of the family and write <laughs> funny essays on all of them. And uh, it was uh, it was good. It was a relief. It was like really well received and it sold well. And but uh, it was terrifying because you know you write stand up and go up and perform it, and right. nobody really sees it. Until it's really great. And a book, it's like, I think it's great. And then you throw it out there. Yeah, you don't know. And it's just out in the world and that people liked it. It wasn't even like happiness. It was just relief. <laughs> like, But don't I, you find I, I wrote that there's there suddenly a lot of doors open press-wise for you that weren't open before? Yeah, like it's every- a great world. It's, a, it's a, such a cool – Gaffigan actually told me to do it. Right. And he said, I think you'd be good for it. They're just, they're, you know, people who read – are are like a, 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 a people who would like your comedy. <laughs> it's not really people like making out and <laughs> getting right. loaded. Right. He's, you know, it's it's it was really great. And you know, I do it was a combination of doing the book and I'm now the head writer for Live From Here, which is the new saw Prairie Home Companion. Yeah. So it's like this book world and this NPR world, you know, they're kind of similar crossover mm-hmm. people. So it, it has kind of Opened up my audience and the press for it and all that stuff. Fantastic. Yeah, it was good. All right. Well, let's take a break, and we're going to talk more. You have to, advertisers? To Tom, Papa. I, I seem to. Wow. Lots of them. Really? Yeah. I they want, uh, they like the, the car thing. <laughs> they like they like cars. Do you yeah. like cars? We'll talk about cars to Tom, Papa. I have a car. We, oh, you've got a car. Good. <laughs> we'll hear about that when we come back with more Spikes Car Radio. 60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial lasts. You know what else you can do in about a minute? Get an offer with your car from True Car. That's right. In the amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups, just listen to my voice, you can get a True Cash offer. Best of all, you can do it from your smartphone or at home. Just go to True Car and simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Answer a few questions and you'll get an accurate True Cash offer from local True Car certified dealer. It's that easy. After that, you can Bring your car in, and they'll check it out with you together, the two of you. You can even hug if you want. You can ask questions, get the answers you need so there's no surprises, and simply leave your check or trade in your car for a new ride. So when you're ready to experience a new, better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. We're back with Tom Papa. Host dun, 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 dun. <laughs> we can play some music under that, make that exciting right now. 
<laughs> Tom Papa, host of Come to Papa, host of this new NPR thing, live from here. I noticed it, and I think it's going to go by because we're posting the show next week, but you're here in L.A., doing uh, what's formerly known as a Prairie Home Companion. You're the head writer, and you also appear in it. Yeah, what, I do what, a monologue each week. So what, so what is that? This is, you know, these are really interesting to me because they're, they're old-timey kind of live shows. That, yeah. Go well, ahead. Well, I, I did, you know, Prairie Home Companion was Garrison Keillor's right, thing. Right, right. And he did it for 35, 40 years. Yep. And uh, then he got handsy. He, and well, they got rid of him. Well, they got rid of. He retired first. <laughs> to his credit, he retired first. Then he got handsy, and uh, or they said he got. They handsy. said he got handsy, and uh, that's changed. a nicer way of putting it. He got handsy and he got fired. Yeah. Right, you can recover from that. Well, he retired, mm-hmm. and then they took the name of the thing away. Basically, right. they you know yes. Uh, but I loved it. I always loved Prairie Home Companion, and not even that. Not even in like you know, just it was one of those things that you ran into on NPR, mm-hmm. and it was just a cool sense of place. And he would do the news from Lake Wobegon, mm-hmm. and it was just this very cool, not hilarious, but really relaxing, but relaxing, humorous mm-hmm. slice of Americana. And I always loved it. And I read all of his books, and I was a huge fan. And when I do my come to pop up. It's a podcast, but it's also started as a Sirius XM radio show, which I still Mm -hmm. do, that Mm -hmm. version of it. And I started doing – I said, what would Prairie Home Companion – this is eight years ago – what would Prairie Home Companion be like in the hands of comedians? Mm -hmm. What if you really tried to lean in and make it really funny? Right. And Mm -hmm. uh, so I started just writing this – my version of Prairie Home. So I was writing sketches and putting comedians in them and we'd have music and just doing like a funny, you know, not not too – Precious. We wouldn't re- over-rehearse. we just kind of fly by the seat of our pants. But I've been cranking out radio sketches wow. for all this time. So when he retired, Chris Thiele took it over, who's a musician, and he's the host. The Garrison dubbed him to be the host. And Chris isn't a spoken word guy, so they needed somebody to do that. And I literally, when they came to me, threw Flanny at Largo. He knew me and he knew... Because I was doing my show at Largo, Chris would come in and do his music, and he said, "You guys got to hook up because Tom's a perfect fit for what you need at Prairie Home." Wow! And it was. I mean, I, I, I'm like I said in the interview. You know, sometimes you walk into most times you walk in to get a job or interview people, and you're <laughs> like humble. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I am the one person that should yeah. do this job. I love the show. It's great when it happens. And I, I've been practicing this skill for <clears> eight <throat> years. Wow. Let's go. So we have. I took it over, and um, and it's great. And I made the show a lot funnier. There's, you know, I have some writers, and they send me stuff, and then we rework it and put it in the show. We've and is this... Sarah Silverman in it? No, Sarah's going to be the guest comedian. Oh, I see. In okay. this in this episode, we put a comic in each show, and it's every week. It's every week, and pretty much. We, you know, we have, we, we have breaks. It's on NPR. So in LA, it's on KPCC. Right. And uh, but wherever live from here dot org, you can go and listen to the old episodes and whatever oh, wow. wherever your NPR thing is, right. they're playing it. And my cool thing, the main thing that I love is I do a monologue each week. I write a five, six, seven minute monologue called "Out in America," where I shine a light on all the good people in America. And as mm-hmm. a comedian, like also I'll do, do a report from Kansas City. And some people I do meet and I do pick stuff up. Some I just I make up. <laughs> but I do, but I do a monologue, a very funny thing, each week from out in the thing. Wow! So to stand in St. Paul 
on the stage where Garrison Keillor was doing the news from Lake Wobegon and I'm doing a monologue, my yeah. own, my own, you know, childish version of it was a trip though. It was like, look, how did we get, how did we get here? This yeah. Is, yeah. Cause yeah, I write the hell out of it. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's very writing intensive. And you're traveling every week for it or is this incidental to stand up? How uh, does it work? Yeah. The first season I was doing it, uh, I would try and get to the show where it, whenever I could and when I couldn't get to the show, I would go to a public radio station Mm-hmm. and call in my monologue. I get it. Okay. But now it's kind of weird to have this big live show and this mm-hmm. one call-in segment. So now I'm just do it when I can be there. Mm-hmm. And like now for the second half of the season, I'll be at like 11 or 10 or 11 of the 17. Wow. And uh, it's a little bit of a bear travel-wise because right. you know, I set my stand-up tour so I can yeah. see my family. Right. And now I'm filling in those gaps with, you know, when I'm not doing stand-up, I'm going to do the radio but show. But NPR sends the G4, like Clint, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's first class all the way. Quick in, I'm quick only out. in it for the money. <laughs> right. If you want money, go to public radio. <laughs> if you haven't seen that NPR jet <laughs> yeah. at Van Nuys, yeah. it's impressive. It's an impressive jet. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you know what's really <clears throat> funny? And you'll you'll appreciate this, I think, because you write and stuff. Uh, I write this monologue. It's well received. It's a funny thing. It, it kills when I'm there. It's like mm-hmm. I, I really truly work from Monday till Saturday on it. You could just peel away and write and write mm-hmm. and rewrite and rewrite. But the funny, unexpected consequence of doing this monologue on NPR, where you can hear it in the car with your family and not have to worry right. about turning the dial, <laughs> right. is I have all these fans showing up at my shows who are 10 to 15 years old. <laughs> <laughs> These young kids are right. coming up and they love it. Yes. It's such a fun I had no, I mean I'm writing this is for adults. A wow. lot of times it's me going to a, a town and getting drunk and ending up with these people from Kansas City and That's funny hilarious. things happen to me. What kind of jokes do they like? There's this I have div- a 10-year-old. There's it's a div- all Fortnite and guns. Yeah, they, I mean I'm writing this is like what I consider pretty thoughtful, insightful mm-hmm. stuff about grown-ups that I'm meeting. I see. But there's a device in the monologue that uh, I say, have you ever, have you ever done a podcast in a studio that you did a podcast in before, and you realized <laughs> you're talking to a different host? <laughs> I have. <laughs> Why is it about podcasts? But that device mm-hmm. is like the catchy part of the monologue. Uh, have you ever sat down and do a car show and only talked right, about right. comedians? <laughs> I have. <laughs> There's something funny about that device. Right, I think that right. clicks for kids. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. It's such a funny thing. I ran. I was in. I was in. Uh, but your material has never been. It's always been kind of like Jerry, right? You, oh, it's clean. You don't, it's clean. It's, it's clean. It's observational. It's very, definitely more it's, uh, skewered towards family and wife and the rest of it. Yeah, and it's observa- observational, and it's. Uh, yeah, it's just there's nothing offensive. So if kids want to show up and listen to it, they're not going to. You you were on Conan uh, a while back, but there was a piece of comedy I always meant to ask you about, oh, yeah? which was the girlfriend. Do you remember this? The advice that that after many years of marriage, I think it should be oh, okay yeah. to get a girlfriend. Yeah, it's it's time for a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> How does that work? Yeah, it's time for a girl. I'm a married and it works. It's great. It's time for a girlfriend. <laughs> no, it is. It's time for a girlfriend. Uh, it um, it was oh, it, not because of selfish needs. Yeah, it's it's um, that she should. Get no, I'm going to, and I'm, I'm not going to be sneaky about it. I'm going to tell my wife. Yes. I'm going to tell her flat out. Look, I found a girl. She's young and she's dumb. She's just what we need. 
She she hasn't heard any of my stories. She thinks I'm hilarious. She wants to fool around with me all the time. Don't think of her as my girlfriend. Think of her as your assistant. <laughs> it seems that, like everybody wins in that. That scenario. is the greatest pitch. Yeah. I am going to try and use this one this time on her. The other one just gets me right to divorce really quickly and yeah. some side eye. <laughs> just say, go ahead and try it, Spike. Just yeah. try it. Just try, try it. it. It seems like uh, at this point, like, my wife would be relieved that I was <laughs> spending time with someone else. <laughs> they're funny. They're not. No, they're no, not. They're, the humiliation seems to get in the way of that. <laughs> the humiliation with the other friends. <laughs> What if what if I got somebody who was empirically more hideous than you? So like it's not like you're comparing yourself to some young college girl who's really hot. Like what if it's older than you, that's heavier that's than you? That's equally as bad. That's equally as bad. It's equally as bad. Yeah, because then they look at you and they go, "Oof, this is the guy. <laughs> this is what this is he's this is who he's with." I mean that's been that's a constant, right? Yeah, you've had that before, right? You date a girl, you break up with her, and she dates some weird guy, and you go, "Ooh, well, Uh-oh. I'm glad I let that go." <laughs> right? <laughs> because and how close am I to that guy? <laughs> yeah, well, he, no, I don't go there. I always, I'm, I'm in some fantasy of myself all the time, going, "Whoa, you're," but you're right. I'm probably exactly the same. As I was that trying guy. to think about a joke. I did it in, just recently, and I I don't think I even tried it as a joke, but. I was at a Starbucks, and uh, there was a young girl, barista, mm-hmm. who's so cute, New York-style Starbucks, cool, you know. And I'm, like, flirty at the thing, like, thinking she sees me, like, as somebody, like, as a sexual being mm-hmm. as something. <laughs> and then I'm, like, standing at, I'm at that little half-shelf bar thing mm-hmm. with my coffee and I catch myself in the mirror with my wool hat that looks like a gnome fallen hat and I'm like kind of unshaven and my teeth are weird and I'm like this is the male ego yeah. like I, that that guy thinks that that 22 year old girl yes. is somewhat interested in him well in Hollywood yes it can happen but it takes a profound amount of money money or yeah or roles like or if you're a director yeah <laughs> no, I won't get into some of the theories that my co-host is not here has. Oh, really? About uh, about women that we were discussing just before the show, weren't we, Will? Oh, really? Yeah, he's an animal. He's an absolute <laughs> animal. No, I'm still trying to figure out how to. I you know I can't for the life of me listen to my wife. I just can't. I can't listen to it. Listen I mean, to what? Listen Any to talking? talk. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to and I know I'm supposed to be a good listener. I know I know all the rules at this point. Right. I know all the rules. But I, I can only do them about five percent of the time. <laughs> like I know when she comes to me and there's a big problem there, I know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Don't solve the problem. Right. Validate the emotions. Just listen to it. I can't. I, I, you know, I'm a producer. I'm a writer. <laughs> I'm about solving problems. And I, I have an override that just goes, oh, okay, well, then. Just, just do X, Y, Z, okay? <laughs> well, then tell her to stop it. Yeah, just have to <laughs> And then I'm in trouble. I know. Though lately I've solved a couple. Of, my, my wife is a, uh, uh, a political person. 
Yeah. And is dealing with organizations now, and she's at the head of one organization. I've, I've helped her with some of the management of how to manage people. Right. And a couple times, to her credit, she's been able to get past the you're not validating my much. You go, hey, what you told me really worked. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's a practical work-oriented problem. It's like when it's an emotional <clears throat> yes. problem with the family or something like that that what drives me crazy, too, is that you have solutions. You can fix this problem. Yes. But she would rather just kind of live in that problem and talk about it for the next two years. This is just the way they are. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's a project. There's a show. I don't know if you've ever seen this show, but I'm flipping out over it. Um, High Maintenance on HBO. Oh, yeah. And it took, I, I think they're in their third season. Uh-huh. And, uh, and the New York Times said, if you're not watching, <laughs> it just oh, took yeah. that one little, if you're not watching, and I didn't even get to the this. <laughs> yeah. And it said New York Times, and I had nothing to do so Friday night. I watched three of these things. Wow! And they're they're very moody, like uh, like Lower East Side, New York, no uh-huh. money. On you don't doubt the characters. Oh, that's the guy that sells weed. Sells weed. Delivers he weed. On his yeah, bike. That and is it's a really interesting format where the characters are incidental to that guy. Yeah, and you might pass them by, or maybe it's the person that lives next door. And there was this really, you know, I'm only a few episodes in, but in the third episode, ends. Related to this conversation where this wife is and her husband moved to Brooklyn. They're staying with the wife's dad. And the dad is into these new age daycare parties that start at 4 a.m. that are kind of raves and kind of not. And she's embarrassed. And the, the dad's smoking weed all the time. And she fights with it. It turns the whole episode is about this big fight they yeah. have. And right at the end, it gets resolved in this very sweet way. And they're texting each other. She lives upstairs. He's downstairs. And he says uh, good night or good morning, and he's eating pizza with some weird hippie girl, and she tucks into bed with her husband and lays down, who's fast asleep, and goes, and and you know this has nothing to do really with the episode at all. She just turns to him and goes, "What if I can't have kids again? What if I what if I can't get pregnant?" <laughs> I thought that was the most incredible wife line. That she had just resolved yeah. this week-long drama about something else, and then she turned right to the next problem uh, in the middle of the night. Yeah, I love that part of it. And had to air the anxiety to the husband who was fast asleep, and he goes, what? what? <laughs> yeah, and then she goes off to sleep, and he's up all night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. What they, I thought that was one of the most incredible moments I'd seen in anything scripted before. It, was so, it made it's me so laugh perfect. out loud. And then I made the mistake of showing that to Erica. Oh. Yeah, and she went, what? <laughs> I had a joke in my act about a similar thing that my wife, she just never stops talking. She loves to talk from the moment she gets up until about three hours after she falls asleep. She's just still talking. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, What about, you know, because, you know, Jerry said, you know, I don't know if I was talking to you or was talking to Jerry about, um, I, I think you and I had had dinner and uh-huh. we were talking about Bob Einstein, right? Right. And we were saying, have I, you know, had you talked to Jerry about it? And yeah. we, we, neither of us were sure Jerry wanted to have that conversation right. or maybe he had cycled through it. And then when I mentioned it to Jerry, he said he had spoken to you, but you so quickly got on to wife comedy <laughs> that they never got to Bob Einstein. Oh, that's funny. And it, he, goes, he goes, he's just such a fountain of wisdom and funny. Are you guys resolving wife issues in those situations? Or are you just making jokes about wives? We're, no, we are working through it. We, we do air it out. <laughs> you air it out and try to understand when it. I, yeah, if I have any kind of – and I think, I, I think for him too, I think 
whenever I have like some moments where it's really getting to me, like where I'm yes. really going through it, right? I know that that's the guy I should call. Right? No, he's 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 got yeah. incredible wife wisdom. He's got he Jedi like skills. Well, what what can you share with us that you've uh, what rules of wife rules that can help us? Our listeners are about 80% men right, right. now. <laughs> yeah. And I would say a big por- uh, portion of those are like me and Zuckerberg. We, we, we want to make this thing work. Yeah. <laughs> we like it. It's just hard and it seems to get harder. What, the what biggest you- thing, really, the, the biggest solve has been taking your happiness out of the equation of this relationship. Ah is really such wisdom. <laughs> really. Like before, it I've was heard, like, heard that you know, what about me? Yeah. Like I would think, what about me? What about my needs? Why are you in this? And why are you act like that? And why do this? Yeah. <clears throat> what about me? <laughs> no. Stop it. You're in this marriage. You get a lot of great things from it. Mm-hmm. But that happiness of like what you want to do every day is not one of <laughs> Jerry them. Jerry has said that to me. You go find that stuff out on your own, which as a guy, you can go do. Which very easy for us to meet up with another buddy and go for a ride or right. do whatever. Yes. They don't have that. Right. What they have is the house and all that stuff. And while you're in that house, it's about her happiness. And not like, you know, happy wife, happy life kind of a thing, but kind of. You just... She's going to get angry. She's going to say things that are mean to you. She's going to do stuff. <laughs> Absorb it and let it roll and don't let take it, it so seriously. Because that's what she's supposed to do. Yes. Jerry has said – Jerry attacks me with this all the time. Yeah. He, he goes, why, why? Spike, just stop right there. Just stop. <laughs> You're not supposed to be happy. Of course. Yeah. You're a fool. And it's true. There's, and it's true. And, so it's, not, you, so and it's not like you's... you're in misery. It's right. just you're not – being like a needy teenage but kid. But this circles back to the car thing. Mm-hmm. That's the moment where we're in the car, we're driving, or we hang out, yes. and we're hanging out with Jerry. That's where we're truly supposed to be happy. It's our guy friends. That's where, right. That's where the happiness comes from. Your kids. There's another level of joy you get from the marriage. There yes. is. There is There is that stuff that you don't even think about that's just kind of like... This one woman, like you, don't have to flirt with a girl at Starbucks, and, right? It and, takes you and out of she the game. Ca- and she loves you for like reasons that other diesel. people wouldn't. Yes, <laughs> it's all done, and the kids, and this life, and your families. It's deep yes. it's stuff, and you're gonna die first, and there'll probably be two years of being infirmed and on a <laughs> yeah. couch with tubes, right? And she's, she will take care of you. She's gonna help you waddle into Delson's <laughs> when you nobody else will. Right, there's all that stuff. Yes. But the day-to-day like joy of stuff that I get off of like having a cocktail or talking about cars or being that's for when you're with your friends. <laughs> that's the guy friend. That's or a comedy, yes, right? Yes, that's smoking a cigar with your pal. <clears throat> yeah. Do you smoke cigars? Yeah. Oh boy. Once in a while. I don't, you know, it's amazing. I have this great box in my house of of uh of uh, <clears throat> Cubans of Cohibas. Oh. And I uh they're lasting cuz I've just I just with my family there, yep, and it's like girls, and it's like I, you know, it's just I don't have the opportunity, which is good. I think it puts well, a governor you go on into it. the backyard. I think about it every day. Do you want to know what I do? Yes, this is my plan. Well, I've got a ten and an eight year old, right? Okay, so uh, Friday nights and Saturday nights, uh huh. They have movie night. They get to watch a movie from right. seven to nine. It's a perfect time. I go I right behind the French doors. I have a, a <laughs> an old teak table out there. Ooh, nice. And I, 
put up this computer. I get my little phone out uh-huh. and I light up a Hoyo. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm, I forget what I'm smoking right now. Yeah. Or a, a Partagas, yeah. number two, or a Hoyo, number four, I think they are. Nice. And I sit there while they watch their movie. I can kind of look in. Erica's off doing whatever she's doing. And I, and I look for cars. And I read news. And I uh, yell on Twitter. <laughs> so and that's, I look that's at, great. And I turn the lights on in my backyard. And I have my little dog, Gopher, yeah. who's there. And I have a little pile of treats for him. And like every five minutes, I throw him a treat. And he runs into the... the that's and brilliant. Chases it. It's, I love this. It's super... It's super relaxing and What's fun. What's great about it, and I have and, and I have Boom Chica popcorn on the left side. What are you drinking? Uh, I drink ginger beers. Ginger beers or Diet Coke. So perfect. Yeah, yeah. The uh, what I love about it is whenever I th- think about like sneaking out, going out there and smoking during the day. I'm writing, so it's right. like it's, you can't really write and smoke a cigar. You can. I've I've done it. Yeah, I used it's... to be a cigarette smoker years ago, but you don't want to. It's cumbersome. You want to kick back. You well, wanna... here's that's the... why I like your computer. Here's go the problem. Here's the, stuff. the problem. You do want to do that, but you you then end up tying tobacco to writing. So every time you go, <laughs> I'm going to write. You go, where's my cigar? Now you're <laughs> you're Schwarzenegger. You're smoking eight six cigars a day, and your jaw gets cut off from <laughs> yeah. oral cancer. No, yeah. no, no. This no. is a this has to be a relaxing time. If I'm going to work, yeah. if I'm going to write, I won't I won't do that to myself. The one interesting thing, though, I don't know how you pulled this off, is if there's movie night in the house. Yes, it's very noticed that Dad's out alone in the yard. Why isn't Dad watching the movie with us? Well, because, you know, 10 and 8 are watching stuff I don't want to watch. Yeah. They just did The Hunger Games the other night, which uh-huh. is two hours and 20 minutes of pain for me. Pain. So when we do classics, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, the Blues Brothers, I'm in See, there. I sat through all of it with them. You did? Yeah. No. Yeah, I can't Moana do that. and oh, that's Brave and no, when you get, all yeah, of I, that I stuff. Mean, think about, now it's cool because they're older, but now you want to watch the movie with them. But if you think about... When we were growing up, right? Yeah. It's probably, what, 12 movies a year you were watching? Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. These kids have seen everything, everything. at this point. Everything. And they don't, and I have one that doesn't want repeats. Yeah. So we're constantly chewing up content, right? Yeah. And I, and then I had to make rules in the summertime when there's no school. I'm like, look, if you're watching something during the week, it's got to be on Netflix. I'm paying for this thing. Right. And then you get into this genre of shitty, like, war movies that were made for a dollar <laughs> yeah. you know, on a phone. And they love it, but I'm just like, that yeah. gives me psychic pain. I know, me psychic too. Psychic pain to watch bad content, right? So I'm a... Uh, you know, the will your rock, wife come out and visit you? James goes, and, and, yeah, she does occasionally. She'll come out and have a glass of wine and sit on right. the other side with her computer and do some work. That's nice. Right, that's cool. Um, but I have a with James, my eight year old. He calls it <laughs> rotten potatoes. I go, what's the rotten potato rating? Because if it's not yeah. ninety or above, Dad's not sitting <laughs> in the couch, and they, they don't care. That's we're a, hanging out all day long. I would rather yeah. go bike riding with them. Or yesterday right. we were in the backyard shooting uh, BB guns. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, we had a uh, CO two powered BB gun and a and a target with metal ducks on it. Nice. The little one is not able to go to the older one's paintball birthday party, <laughs> so this was a concession. My oh, wife nice. said, "You can bring that thing, that gun, to the house yeah. and shoot in the backyard, but it's just once." What, That's what my great. friend who lent me the gun to- didn't tell me was CO two BB guns. Uh-huh. They have a report. They they go. <laughs> 
Right in this <laughs> neighborhood of old people that I live with. So there are old ladies and people walking their dogs up the street, and here are two kids with, like, on the ground with this gun. It's going, and it looks like a handgun. It looks like a Glock. Oh, no. it's going, pew, pew. And then the police helicopter's flying over. I'm like, this is 20 minutes. Let's, we're going to do this before the kid, police show up. We had a kid behind us who was doing that, shooting some BB thing off like the end of his pool into the trees was it air which goes to my yard yes and we're all hanging out there and we hear like zoom, zoom. <laughs> and we're like i had to go over and like yeah. have a talk with them like dude we, we're back there this you're, is hilarious you're gonna and hit us anybody that has bb guns know already knows what we're talking about but there's also airsoft so in the me <laughs> so in the years of my children growing up yeah. i was like there aren't going to be any guns in this house bike i'm like i'm cool that doesn't matter i don't care and then uh, H5, I see Erica with a GI helmet on, holding a gun, <laughs> marching around, hunting with the kids. You These airsoft guns and these BB guns, because I was looking at them, yeah. I'm like, this looks like a real gun. Yeah. It looks like a real handgun. And then this morning, I was like, ah, do I want to get one of these? This is this was fun, hanging out with the kids and doing yeah. this yesterday. There were seven pages of the most authentic-looking guns and assault rifle, wow. BB guns, and automatic. Holy and the, cow. And I just went, no wonder kids are getting killed yeah. by cops because this looks like a legit like AK-47. There's no orange on the tip, and it the way it, the, oh my the, the damn thing fires, it's another one of those little... Yeah. Little areas nobody's paying attention to. Right. And, and, and what you're talking about, what your neighbor was doing, is exactly right. Yeah. That first day we had the gun angled a different way in my backyard. Oh, no. And I had it sitting on one of my teak cigar chairs. Yeah. The, the target trap, right? <laughs> and the first shot just hits the wood and flies right back at us and almost hits me right in the forehead. We all have high <laughs> like prediction on but I could see it coming. I go, no! <laughs> we and James goes, Dad, I was almost killed by the BB gun mom. And I, was, I wasn't almost killed. And then it went off by mistake. It was, it's a mess. So it's exactly funny. how I remember guns. Messy <laughs> yeah, and horrible. Right. And yeah, you will shoot your eye out. Yeah, and why sure. you put it down and, and walked away. But yeah, there's no way to do that in your backyard. I like what, your... what happened to that kid? Did you tell him to stop? <laughs> What's that? Your, your neighbor. Yeah, I went and knocked on the door. I said, dude, what are you doing? And uh, he was like probably 15. And uh, <laughs> he said, oh, I'm just shooting my BB gun. <laughs> and I said, why are you doing that? Because I didn't know he was doing target practice, I thought yeah. he was shooting through the what, through the thing to my house. So I, it was a little more confrontational. Like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you shooting? I'm see, shooting I this see. gun. Why? Why are you doing that? And he said, "Well, I was playing video games for a long time, and I got kind of tired of it. Now I'm going to do this." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, listen, you're going to blind my children, so yeah. set your target up somewhere else." Yeah, and. Uh, it does, yeah. and we walk away. <laughs> but they ricochet. That's the No, I know. Mar- he does, we were, they were doing direct right ricochets right at the house. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Why, these things have way too much velocity. When did these turn into yeah. real bullets and not the Daisy Red Rider just <laughs> Yeah, you could like see a it little arc. Pop. You had to kind of aim it up. It went <laughs> and it would land in the cup. Hey, I, I love the one. arc. <laughs> yeah, no, it didn't work out that way. I like, your, I like the cigar. Uh, the way you do your cigar, though, that's pretty brilliant. Jerry, Jerry likes that too. I've yeah. invited him many times. He's going to come out and do that cigar. It is that was funny thing we did. Remember when we were at that hotel at Thanksgiving, and uh, we both were there. We both oh, we yeah, ran into each right. other, and we sent a picture to Jerry. With we went and bought cigars. Oh yeah, and just had him hanging out of our mouth and send a picture to Jerry. That's right. <laughs> did no, you go back? To... Do you do that every year? 
Um, we used to. Yeah. You know, I don't think we've done it lately. We were in a different part of town. We were in Hawaii. This year. I remember you realizing, <laughs> though, to, that you were like. Par- you know how the parents kind of gel together and then the different yeah. schools and every- then you were different parents? Yeah. We've lost touch with that group that used to do that. Yeah. But you were like, fine. you had like the, the, the gleam, in, gleam in your eye because you were like. This was pretty great. Like we spent Thanksgiving in a hotel. Oh yeah, and I, I feel good about this. I haven't let that go. <laughs> yeah, no, I just did it this past year, and it was fantastic. Yeah, we Your went. Kids were little then. Were... Yeah, yeah. But I didn't have to go home, which was good. It was such a nice. Yeah, it's a nice thing. We do it every year. We'll have Thanksgiving in the house, but then the next morning we go off to the hotel for yeah. two days. But see, now you can't bet. It, it happened to be a good Thanksgiving, warmth wise, right? But when it's yeah. cold, then you're like, yeah. what, what am I thinking? What am I doing? <laughs> Freezing. This is horrible. And that hotel in particular has doubled and tripled and quadrupled their rates. It's so expensive. It, what, what By the time they... you get out of there, it's <clears throat> yeah, big money. Yeah. Yeah, what, I know. What's going on down there? I don't know. Who pays two or $3,000 for a hotel room at this point? I know. You know <laughs> who? Just... I think Justin Bieber <clears throat> lived in like the penthouse. I guess. It's there. not that good. <laughs> it's not that good, right? No, and but with the mistake I made, it's become tradition. Like right. all our families no, on know, the East yeah. Coast, so this is our tradition. And it's just like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know what's grand cool? for two days. You know, wow. <laughs> you know what's kind of cool? Uh, which I've realized, it, um, kids like when we travel. Mm-hmm. They love just being in one room with us with two beds. They don't care. They don't. I used to Absolutely. think we need space and we need to like have sex, so we'll have a suite or yes, and be in another room. I like that. No, we're That's not having I'm sex. Right They're now. not separated. We're all in I'm there together, so sure watching a movie, hanging out. <laughs> it's fun and cheaper, and it's it's <clears throat> it's, it's, it's it's more memorable. You want to know how the suite worked out for me? Last time, and why? Because I said I got I've got to get it because uh-huh. for for exactly those reasons. Yeah, this is the other way I would add to that list. Uh-huh. I get to sleep. Yeah, because Eric would go. I'm gonna I'm gonna spend the night in the living room with the boys. They're having fun. It's gonna be fun. So she slept in there. I <laughs> she did that two nights in a row. Uh-huh. I felt like I was 16 again <laughs> because I had so much rest for yeah. once. <laughs> so much rest. Isn't that amazing? It was incredible. You never get that kind of rest. And I would wake up in the morning and I'd go snorkeling at 8 in the morning with uh, with Jack and I was like, this is incredible. I was really, Hawaii actually worked for me yeah. in a way that I didn't understand it would work. I always said, eh, just another crappy place. It's the sleep. With, the sleep. But the sleep. Yeah, no, and the, and the, and the, and the relaxation. I... You're you're good at this stuff, so let me ask if you can pull this off. My wife was um, sick; she had something wrong, like a cold or mm-hmm. a stomach flu or something. So for two days in our own home, yes, the only two days since we've been in that home, she slept in the guest room, and I slept in my own bed. Yes, and the same thing. <clears throat> I felt like <laughs> alive. I couldn't believe how rested I you're was. You're sick. You're quarantined. Right, and the problem is. <laughs> Two people in their, you know, at 50 years old, mm-hmm. the chances of both of you having a good, solid night's sleep is very rare. One right. of you is going to toss and one of you is going to pay because the other one's tossing. Yes. Is it possible? Could you pull off two separate bedrooms a couple times a night, a couple, a couple a times, times a week? week? Oh, absolutely. You think so? Yeah, but it becomes to uh, – in the last house we were in, we had a lot of bedrooms. So I just moved into one at one point. Like moved in? I moved in. I was like, this is my room and I'm staying there. <laughs> and she let you do it? And she was like, good. 
this is my room and I'm staying there. Really? Yeah, but it, it was kind of lonely for. And then I was like, I, I don't like this. I want to move back. And yeah, I not back, all the time. And I moved back in. She didn't want me to come back. She likes to sleep too. She's like, why? It's not, don't take it personally. I'm like, you come in, you visit. And I'm like, oh, so I, she's up with it. She's into it. Oh, totally. My wife's like, no, we sleep together no matter what. Yeah, that's weird. That's <laughs> it's weird. weird yeah, we're yeah. exhausted. Yeah, you are exhausted. Right. Because one of you is going through something. One of you ate something but weird. Tom, you just, yeah, you just go, you just go do it. Just get up and walk out. Yeah, you just go to bed in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you don't ask permission. <laughs> I just do what I want to do in my, I just go, I'm sleeping in there. She's like, great. <laughs> don't ask. That, now That's you're negotiating. My, yeah. That's your mistake. All right. That's your mistake. I've learned two but things I take, from you. Isn't it? Are you like me? Where you eat everything? Like I consider now everything I eat before I go to bed. Yeah, I consider the heat and vent situation. <laughs> I make sure certain doors are closed in dining rooms the and light. bathrooms because there's a little more heat in the bathroom coming in. <laughs> the comforter, the thickness of the comforter, the the, the mattress pad. Yep. Yeah. If it's a foamy one, we got to put something on top of it because that gets too hot. <laughs> and then this all is a fluid situation depending on outside temperature, <laughs> dog, kid wake up time. You know, and it's it's precise. It's precise, and anything can throw it off. I know, right? Anything totally. can throw it off. But what I what I really have not been able to crack, and we do like we work hard at it, is um, you go to a really nice hotel, you're like this right. bed. I have never slept in something so this is the bed. Oh my god! Right. And at home, it's like it's never as good. <laughs> no, as the four seasons. <laughs> I always have trouble the first night in a new bed in a hotel. You do, but I'll tell you what I you know. Something that may, always makes it gives me a little advantage. This is a good little tip: is the noise maker, the white noise maker that I we know. had for our babies. Yep, we got I know. addicted to them when we had the kids, and now they make a little tiny one with a USB charger, and you just turn it on, yeah. and it, wherever you are, it knocks you out and puts you to sleep. I, I I don't even understand why people complain about street noise anymore when they have these things. Yeah, I know. It just we it, just started using one. They're the greatest. They are the greatest. Right. When I'm on the road, I just put the heat yeah. on. Oh, <laughs> and no. Because the, the fan from those things is, yes. like a, is like a white noise thing. But that will turn on and off. And then you have that a, is a problem. And then if you leave it on all the time, you've got dry, hot copy paper face and eyes. And it's, you know, everything yeah. dries out. And then you go into your gig like that, right? Yes, <laughs> it's true. Puffy eye. Right. Puffy eye. Trying to deep puff all day. Yeah, that's tough. What do you, yeah. you, you're, you have a couple of Jerry's cars, though, don't you? I have not. one Jerry car. We all have one Jerry car. What is your Jerry car? I have a car? 1967 Volkswagen. Ah, I have a Volkswagen too. Yeah. Which Volkswagen? Remember when you came to my house and you after uh, I'd I, gotten hit in it? Right, I think. A what guy, is it? What is the, yeah, what, what I is, always, whenever I get in the car, I think of you because I was going through a light and from a stop, turned, car in front of me even, go through... And an old man coming from the other <laughs> angle went around the park traffic Oof. at the light into the intersection and tagged me on the driver's side um, just just up towards – just a little north of the door and towards the front. Yeah. And you said when you saw it – you came to my house and you saw it and you said if that guy had hit you uh, just a second later – <laughs> Half a second later, he's going through the passenger door, and you're dead. 
<laughs> what is it? Is it a Volkswagen Beetle? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what color is that? Blue. Light blue? Light blue. Uh, like Kind of like sky blue. Wow. I, I don't remember that car. What oh, a great yeah. car. But that it's seat, a, it's now, a great I, car. I've been telling uh, the fans about Jerry's Volkswagen thing for a long time. And it's and this is it. This is proving that I'm not lying. That Oh, yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Wow, with chromey wheels. Yeah, he put those like hot wheels on it. And um, this has a Porsche engine in it? No. Oh, it's got that. The engine. Everything was original. It, Jerry was very disappointed so when I Jerry. got hit in it. Well, did you get it fixed? I did. It's great. It's totally it's totally mint. It's uh you know, it's Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's all good. The one thing I can't find What's that? Is the the um thing on the stick shift? You the know, shift with the knob with that yeah. I can't find the original the the stick came off in my hand. The impact <laughs> snapped. Oh my God. I was still holding it. Holy shit! Yeah, it snapped. I snapped the. That whole is shit. not hard to find. I a can't shift find... knob from a '67. Yeah, Volkswagen Beetle. I... Volkswagen Beetle. Message Tom Papa, you guys. You're going to be able to find that in two seconds. That's that's an Add eBay Tom find. Papa. Yeah, I... or there must be a repro for it too. You know, it's the one with like the little, um, like lion on it. Oh wow! You know what I mean? I'm, I'm ge- uh, I've got like this new, like just thick one on it. It's, it's so upsetting. Well, how hard if you looked for this? Not that hard. <laughs> A couple times on the Is internet. Is it this right here? The gray or the white? No. No. It has like that. You know how Volkswagen has that weird oh lion insi- insignia on it. This guy. That's the insignia. Yeah, it's that, but just all black. It doesn't have that thing underneath it. It's like a disc with that thing on it. Right, but it's that big? Uh, no. No, it's like a it's flat, you know. It's like a like a All right. Well, we dollar. should be able to find this. This is not hard. I would love to Pe- uh, folks are going to start messaging you that they have one. I know I know two or three Volkswagen Beetle specialist friends of mine oh, that yeah? will be able to track this down Ow. in 2 seconds. Very nice. So, I would love that. So look at that. Um I will help you get it. It's this guy right there, right? No, it not it's like not that, that thick. It's it. It's like if you were to slice that. Oh, oh, first oh, oh, eighth I of an see. inch. I it's see. like a disc. It's like a okay. Yeah, we can get this for you, Tom Papa. I would love it. Yeah, um, so I have that car from Jerry. You have it because this is what Jerry does. Jerry goes on a Porsche tear. He uh-huh. buys a lot of Porsches, yeah. right? And then he burns out on it. Yeah, and then he goes. This Volkswagen Spike. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll call me with the cars, and he'll say, you know what? Definitely buy it, because one, me or one of your friends is going to end up with it for, like, no amount of money. Right. You're either going to give it to us, because you're going to hate it in two weeks, or <laughs> yeah. you're going to sell it to us for nothing. I have a Volkswagen uh, German police car. Oh, it's you very have it? Nice. Yeah. You I have, have that one? I have that one. Oh. That he charged me next to nothing for. He's like, I got to get it out of here. Give, <laughs> give me five grand. I'm like, all right. I think it's worth a hundred, but I'll take it. Wow. No way. And, That's a great you know, car. With, so the, with the light on it? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my kids love it. We love that car. But so many, you know, Jerry's such a generous guy with these cars. Yeah. But, I, you know, he's kind of full up on them. He gave Bob Einstein the Acura NSX. Yeah. You know, Barry Martyr has uh, a Mercedes diesel. He passes <laughs> out these cars like Elvis Presley. It's awesome. Yeah, it's so but great. It, we're all kind of full, though, now. I <laughs> know. I don't know where I would put another We've one. We've got the car. Even Zuckerman <laughs> has one or two of them at this point. So I always tell him not to buy it anymore. Just don't Just don't get it. Just or, or drive the car first and sending them back. But What is your feeling on um, putting in my 67 Volkswagen, putting in 
proper seatbelts. Yeah. Why, why not? Just because I have those, like, you know, those bad lap belts, the original <clears throat> lap belts. Uh, yeah, no, I... I There's I, not an original car snob thing that... Uh, not with that car. I, yeah. I don't know. I You know, seatbelts are tough because you're talking about your safety and most likely your family's safety. Yeah. So I wrestled with this idea with my 58 Speedster that had original set of uh, belts in it. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, uh, Sam, who, who, who finds cars for Jerry, was just like, you know, this is... You don't want to fly out of this thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you keep the original belts. Right. And then you have the belts that'll keep you alive. Because the reality is you get hit in that car, you're going to get hurt. Right. Yeah. No, right? I, yeah. I this was, guy I was who's usually lucky. sitting there, Zuckerman, has been hit twice in 356s. And once they had to pry him out of it with the jaws of life. Oh, my God. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And I think they did Leno. something to his head because there's something <laughs> wrong with him now. He's just not. He's never been right <laughs> since. <laughs> you do. I do feel like when I'm out in that car, in those types of cars, that you're. it's closer to being on a motorcycle than it is to being in a modern yeah, car. Yeah, it's like driving around in a Diet Coke can. Yeah, it's like you should have <laughs> a helmet. Get, you should wear a helmet you should, in a Volkswagen And that's Beetle. not going to help you either. <laughs> Nothing's going to help you except yeah. driving really offensively and as far as anticipating yeah. where you're going to die, watching out of the intersections and limiting your driving, period. Right, don't you do know. it that often, yeah. I know. And that's how you kind of enjoy it. But yeah, you, you, know, you can get hurt. My first uh, Tonight Show with Leno... Uh, I do the set, and then I sit down with Jay. We're going to talk after the break. Mm-hmm. And I have it locked and loaded. This is my first time meeting Jay, and I have it locked and loaded that I've got Jerry's Volkswagen. And, uh, I, and uh, you know, I've, I've got a conversation yeah, started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're in the break. You know, they're playing the music and everything. They're in the middle of commercial, and I lean over to Jay and said uh, – yeah, how Jerry? You seen Jerry? Yeah, I've I've got it. You know, I've got his 1967 Volkswagen. He said, <laughs> he said, oh yeah, you don't want to get hit in that thing. He goes, it's uh, the gas tank's right, <laughs> the gas tank's right in your lap. You'll just burst into flames immediately. Welcome back. <laughs> That's awesome. No, that's every car guy trying to relate to the car guy. Yeah, and I told Jerry that story. He goes, that's so Leno. That's such a Leno thing. Yeah, I have a similar story where I was telling him about taking my kids to school in in this race car I owned. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I don't mess with kids in cars like that. They'll get killed. And then when you – you know, I was like, well, geez, Jay, I was just saying (laughs) – I took my kid to school in a race car. He likes right. to miss, mess with you a little bit. It was so funny. One time I was, was going so over fast. cold water. I was, going, I you know, then I became kind of friendly with him, and he let me go. Brought my father to see his cars and all this great wow. stuff. Wow. And uh, but I was going up cold water, just commuting, and that going over the and canyon. You always see, I know. I always see him there. Chasing a chasing down a hubcap that fell off. Oh, really? Running? Every, everyone running down the middle of traffic <laughs> in his Jay Leno denim. Um, where's was that? Was that Jay? And then you see him walk back with a hubcap in his hand. Oh yes, do not let that go. Yeah, you're trying to stop it from getting run over. Yeah, <laughs> he did. I I remember driving through the flats of Beverly Hills in my '66 right above Coldwater, and he just pulled up in this. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> the window Steamer. came down. It was Jay Leno, and he goes. 1966 Triumph Bonneville. And I go, correct. And he goes, goes up and he just, just goes. I go, Jay, it's Spike. I used to write for you. Yeah. Just takes, he's already gone. Have he's you ever thought greatest. about wearing the all denim outfit? Yeah. <laughs> I can never match. Yeah. I've tried it. It, it feels awkward if, to put denim on top of denim. 
It does. But you know what? They make so many kinds of denim now. Like I did <laughs> I do this did this show on uh on the Food Network for, called uh Baked, which is all about right. baked goods. And uh I ended up in a Leno one day. Really? Like a the denim shirt. It felt very bakery. Did they give you that one? No, I bought it. They it gave out. me money you... to go buy some clothes and I okay. bought it and uh, I realized as I was putting I didn't even realize as I was putting it on, actually. When I showed up on set, they're like, hey, were you wearing the Leno? <laughs> and I was like, it felt good. It felt like, I mean, I'm in denim, and the, the, the jeans are, like, pretty dark. Right. They're not, like, it wasn't, what like, matching. It wasn't if like... we want to see you in Baked. <laughs> I think it was uh, the New York episode. The New York episode of Baked. And yeah. this is your love of uh, sourdough breads. Yeah, yeah. It's I just s- sourdough. Sourdough. And it turned into a TV show. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. And, uh, and I... It felt very like bakery. It felt like, yeah, I'm in denim. I'm just gonna get a lot of flour. Was there on any me. De- denim toque that you would wear under your head? <laughs> no, I just wanted to say toque. Yeah, there maybe a denim uh, apron would be cool. There's a lot of like. You hard... could do that. You could be yeah the Leno of cooking guy. <laughs> it makes guys. sense, and it makes sense why he does it with the cars because it's any place where you're gonna be around stuff that you're gonna get stuff on you. Denim's what you want. Why you rub anything on denim if you're eating Cheetos it's right like on your jeans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, Tom, this has been fantastic. This is really good. This was really fun to have you on. Really It was great. nice bumping into you the other night. Yeah, that was great. Celebrating at our my agent and your neighbor and friend, <laughs> yep. Hans Schiff's birthday party. The, the great Hans Schiff. Turned 79. God bless what his an heart. old dude. He's Never hung out with someone so old. Very, very old. <laughs> 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 um, and this has been fun. What? So what are you promoting? Before you go... Where where can we see the great Tom Papa? You got to catch him on tour. He's, he's take it from Spike, one of the funniest comedians out there. Seinfeld esque and his genius. Where Go to TomPapa dot com. Okay, that has the book, that has the podcast, that has the tour. It's, it's all, all there. there. There you go. And are you on social media? I don't see you tweeting or doing anything. I don't. Like t- that. I tweet dates. This is another thing similar to the not looking at the time when you wake up in mm-hmm. the middle of the night. I don't look at the Twitter feed anymore. I tweet out stuff. For like promos for my dates and stuff, okay. and I'll look at mentions when people hit me back. Mm-hmm. But I have not seen a Twitter feed in two it's years. It's too upsetting to you. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> it is. It's yeah. too upsetting. Yeah, it is. I don't like the the vitriol. I don't like the. It's a it's a garbage there's part an, of town. There's an ADHD uh, aspect too. Your head's like yeah politics and car, and yeah. you know you're just your head jumps to a dozen different places in five seconds as you're scrolling up. I'll do it on right. Instagram. I'll scroll a little on That's Instagram. Simpler, right? But it's simpler and it's and pictures and yeah, and you kind of build it. I have a lot of bread accounts. <laughs> <laughs> bread and what is a bread account? Oh, looking at bread. Another bakery like Kate's bread and. <clears throat> In Ohio, and she great. shows me what she's making today. Just like a picture of her like, holding up a pizza. I like that. It's I, I it's like a, pizza accounts. I follow pizza accounts. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Here's another good one to follow: uh, toy trains. Ooh. Toy train accounts are fantastic. They'll, every once in a while, they'll show a corner of the diorama, and you go, "Oh, if I could just live there, yeah. I just want, <laughs> they could just turn me into plastic, and I would live there right now." <laughs> I have a great train under my Christmas tree during the holidays. And it's grown. The village has grown. And really? I've really gotten into it. I never even thought about following it on it. Yeah. It's no, such no. an old guy move. Like, Dude, a kid Instagram would follow it immediately. is full of train accounts. Wow. It's, they're the greatest. That's cool. They're the greatest. You I like love this. going to the train shop in Burbank. Yeah. The train shack. Yeah. Just go in there. They've got that whole thing set yes. up. Yes. 
I really. What is it about these stupid trains that we like? I, I, I find know. it to be. I was looking at this photo this morning, going. I just want to be there. And why do I feel safe there? Why do I, I feel safe in this train corner? It had a little UPS truck in front of it and a little tiny Jeep in the yeah. driveway and a house. Like, I go, oh, I feel safe. It's the best. I want to be there. I really love it. I could, I could, and I, you go and you buy the, the house and you add it to the town. Do you know that maybe there is, and I know we have to go. I know, Will. Will's flailing in there. No, okay. But. Maybe instead of just getting buried or cremated, maybe there's a world in which we can be plasticized and <laughs> into put, a little figurine and put into a train town. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be it? That is amazing. I'm going to leave you all. That's with that amazing, right there. God bless us, everyone. Someone wants to start it. I will promote it. We'll see you next on Spike, whatever we decide to call it next week, radio. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. Now on Podcast One. Could this be a serial killer? You never think it could happen in a community like this. Cold Case Files, Season 4. The case would take several twists and turns. I mean, you're kind of, in essence, looking for a needle in a haystack. Based on the hit A&E television program. Now it starts to fit. The discovery will seal the fate of a serial killer. So I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. She just screams and pleads for her life. Get new episodes of Cold Case Files every Tuesday on Podcast One.